Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. All right, I'm Michael Doeys, and this week we have another great group of folks with us. We have Angie Fisher with us. Hi, Angie. Hello. We Good to be have, here. Yeah, thanks for being here. We have Marty Sobo. Hey, all. Hey, how's it going? Good. Glad you're here. And we thanks. have Alicia Geary. Hello, hello. All right. So I think we are... Oh, I do want to bring in one other thing that I did not tell our other hosts that uh, kind of is more interesting, I think, as a discussion topic that I think we'll start with is I've, I've been hearing some rumors and some rumblings about some possible new Apple toys coming this month. Has anybody heard about this? I've heard there's a possibility of new iPad minis or maybe a new iPad Air and mini, possibly. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, I've been mostly, hearing. Mostly iPad stuff, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I was like, I was like, just a few weeks ago, I was like, I want an iPad mini. I wonder if they're going to upgrade it. And sure enough, I'd be curious to see what they do with that. Well, Mark Gurman was at one point saying there will not be anything else this year. And now other people are saying, hmm, there might be uh-huh. some other things this year. Well, so, from what I understand, it's not going to be a huge change, except for probably they'll put an M version of the processor in probably m2 or m3 i'm thinking but no one has clarified one way or the other what it's going to be i don't think it's going to be a design change they just this is a new brand new design for the mini this last go around so if anything it'll be just a small bump probably with a new processor is what Mm -hmm. my guess is the only other thing i heard is maybe they'll come out with mini in two sizes like a small size and maybe one that's just a little bit bigger but who knows right now yeah there isn't anything confirmed just all speculation really at this point yeah it'll be a surprise i love my ipad mini it would take a lot i mean i don't know i i don't know what would get me to upgrade my mini it just apparently there's a a what they're calling jelly scrolling effect for visual users that I don't quite understand. My iPad works great for me, and it's supposed to fix some of that. But now if they put like 120 hertz refresh rate on the iPad mini, you betcha I would update, but I don't (laughs) think they're going to do that. I want to document it here right now, guys. There's actually Apple product coming out, but potentially that Michael is not going to buy right away. (laughs) Well, (gasps) you know, that's happened a lot lately because I have not updated my (laughs) Mac yet. To the M2 Max, and I have I'm I think I'm going to go ahead and stick with the Apple Watch Ultra One instead of going up to the two this year. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, I think, Why is I mean, this? I think that there's some neat features like the the new U the ultra wideband chip. I guess the U2. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and not the band that's going to be in there, but I feel like. It's not like it's the same form factor, same everything. It's my watch is still a great watch. I charge it every two or three days. It's it's a great watch. I'm I want the Bono watch if they're gonna have you two in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just like you know, I got I got it. Uh, The thing I struggle with uh, with the watches (laughs) is currently I have the eight 
the larger one with cellular and it's a great watch. I have no problem with it. I love it. But if you want to have local Siri and you want to be able to do the double tap technology, you have to bump up to the new watch. That's kind of frustrating, honestly. I really, I have a six and I'm pretty ready to get rid of it at this point, but I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. I think if you're going from a six, that's a good time. Yeah. I just don't feel like I rarely use Siri on my watch. I know we have friends that use it all the time. I never and, do either. And, and I mean, that's beneficial for them. I think y'all know who I'm talking about. Who unfortunately can no longer be on the podcast. Still sad about that. <laughs> yep. He uses Siri all the time on his watch and dictation and that kind of stuff. So, I only use it for like timers and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. about it. Probably going to start to Starting yeah. workouts is a big thing for me on the watch with Siri. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I've heard that's I, pretty seamless. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to end up using the it's Siri. Nice. You'll like it. You're going like to love it. Yeah. I'm kind of upset about the iPad upgrade because I've only had this iPad for like three weeks. <gasps> and there's going to be an upgrade. <gasps> Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I've only it, had it for three weeks and it's already outdated. Depending on when they come out with this, like, because I, I don't think that they're going to have an event. I think it'll be a quiet press release like they did last time, like they did for the pros and, and Max machines. Well, I don't think there's any design change because, well, like on the mini, they just redesigned it this past go around the current model that's out right now right. is a new design mm-hmm. change and it was actually from the mini before that it was a full design redesigned from the ground up mm-hmm. so i don't think they're going to do any design change i think it's just going to be an in- incremental right. processor probably update is what i think and the air is kind of the same i mean i don't really see them changing too much on the air in terms of design language either i think They'll probably go from M1 to M2 in the air. And I don't really know exactly what they're going to do with the pros. I mean, they don't really need a design change either if they're sticking to the same design language, but I don't know what they have in mind. Now, the pros, the talk about the pros, and I don't think we're going to get those this year, but the pros, they're talking about some big... Major refresh. Mm -hmm. Yep. Huge. Yeah, the talk is some big refresh. I've heard that's going to be next year. It's not going to be happening until next year. So... Now, the, the M3 Pros, now that is something I'm looking at. Like, uh-huh. Mini, maybe not an upgrade. The Pro, now that. Yep. And, and there's talk of a 14-inch Pro as well. Oh, my. That's right. Well, I don't think they should iPad. have. They shouldn't have any iPads at this point without an M1 processor because a lot of the software now developers are developing for M1 software. So like, for example, I use an app called Fairwrite, which is an audio editor on the iPad specifically. It's great. You know, it works with voiceover and it's super powerful and it's a great app. The developer just came out with a companion app to Fairwrite. Just, it was released just recently, like within the past week called Transcriptionist, where it will transcribe your audio right within Fairwrite. There's also a standalone app, but you have to have an M processor in order to be able to utilize that software. And I feel like more and more developers are developing to use their 
technology, you need to have one of the M, at least an M1 processor to be able to use it. So like for transcriptionists, for example, you can't use it if you don't have an M processor. So at this point, I think that if they're going to be going to M3, then every iPad should have at least some version of an M processor in at this point. Yeah, and it just it just depends on it really just depends on what it's supposed to do, right? Like the mini is a good book reader and things like that. True. I mean, that's what I ultimately use it for is, you know, consumption because it doesn't have an M processor in it at this time. So there's things that I'm unable to do with it. So I need to go back to the 11 Pro, which is kind of like my main iPad. So you have a mini too, Marty? Yep. I did not know that. All right. <laughs> I have an iPad Pro 11 inch and I have a iPad mini. And the yes. iPad mini, I basically just read stuff on it, watch stuff on it, whatever. It uh-huh. doesn't. Yeah. You know. I've noticed a lot of people replacing Kindles with those. Yeah. Because they're a bit more beefy. They're smaller. And they can they're a little bit same. more. Right. There's a lot more in there. Kindle. <laughs> Everybody loved Kindle. Mm-hmm. Kind of going into Remember the background you, nowadays. Tell you a story about my sister after <laughs> we're done. Kindles are nice devices. I have a have a few Kindle devices, but believe it or not, I think that they are not as much in demand as they used to be because no. of iPad Minis. Like I have yeah. a I have a Kindle Oasis that I was like I I, a, I gave it to my mother. I'm like, can you use it? Too small, can't read it. I was like, okay, well then find somebody else that would want it. And she's like, I, I can't. Nobody wants it. And that's a $300 Kindle. Right. Yeah. My sister got kicked off kicked off her phone one time. And so she snuck downstairs at night and stole mom's Kindle to go on the net. <laughs> that was my story. <laughs> <laughs> so they have their uses. <laughs> was it a fire or just a... Whatever the first one to have Wi-Fi would, would have been. I think it was a fire. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, she uh, she got grounded for something and Uh-oh. got grounded by using mom's Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think these are going to be great updates. I think that I, I'm just excited to see what we're going to get, you know, from Apple. But time will tell. And these are all rumors, you know. So we'll we'll see if we get anything or if we have to wait till like March. Because we just got the A17 Pro chip, and that's a great chip, but I don't know that they're going to adapt that into an M3 right now. And I think, honestly, anybody that has a current iPad Air or even a Mini is really fine with staying with what you have until like the next, not not this coming release, but the next one, unless they really surprise us, which they could, they could, but I just don't see that happening. So the next announcement that came out this week might bore some folks, but I'm a gamer and I like to keep up with current tech news. So this is kind of the highlight of the week. There has been a development in the acquisition of, of Microsoft acquiring Activision, Blizzard, and I guess it's called King. I was looking at this whole process today, and wow, what a convoluted! What I mean, like since 
the beginning of last year. That's crazy. Right. right. Wow. Been, they've had a lot of the whole process problems, is uh, amazing. Yeah. Just a ton of stuff. They've been so, having a lot of internal problems that have been plaguing them though, and that's part of the reason this is taking so long and it's so difficult. Well, a lot of the problems have been external uh, with the with the UK saying that they were not going to allow this merger all the way to other countries saying they were not going to allow it. And originally they laid out this plan to work with Sony to make sure that players could play the most popular games like Call of Duty for 10 years. And and Sony still made a big deal about this issue saying that they it was going to make it to where there was not... To, competition in the space where Microsoft was going to make their these games be exclusives and Microsoft was like no we we have the paperwork right here the the, the contracts and everything that says this is what we will do <laughs> I was talking about within Activision and Blizzard or maybe not Activision but Blizzard itself and they've had a bunch of internal problems and I think that's causing this merger to be a little bit of a slower process than it would normally take. So they've got, you know, all of the different issues going on internally that they're trying to now Microsoft's having to go in and try and clean up those messes. And then I think also dealing with all of the different countries and their laws and rules and everything else mm-hmm. is also making it a little bit more difficult, take a little bit longer. Well, well actually, it's actually longer, yeah. not even a little bit at this point. Activision Blizzard has had a very toxic internal work structure and even gaming environments like the gamers that play are very toxic. And so they're trying to clean Microsoft plans to clean that up. But we we the this suspicion is this is a way for Blizzard's CEO, I can never remember his name, Bobby something, to kind of step away quietly with all the stuff going on so that he's out of the press. And I think that's going to be what happens. It was a $69 billion deal, and it went through completely yesterday. Sheesh! That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. But it was approved yesterday. It has been finalized. So that means more games will come to Game Pass that are older games, like newer games, like probably Diablo 4, some of the others will still have to be purchased. That's the word on the street. But I think it's I think it's exciting because Microsoft does have a commitment to have games be on other platforms. With that being said, though, there are games that will obviously be on Xbox and the PC store first from Microsoft. And I mean, like, look at Starfield. That's that's an example of one. Yeah, I'd be happy as long as they don't try to make a bunch of stuff that's, you know, that wasn't exclusive originally turn into exclusives. I mean, if you look at it, they they purchased Minecraft and they've been, you know, they've let Minecraft be Minecraft. In fact, they've made more games in the Minecraft world since they purchased them. So I'm not terribly worried about it. I think Microsoft does a good job, a good job letting the game studios do what they do best. But that's that's just my opinion. That's uh, a good based, thing, though. Yeah, it's a very good yeah. thing. Because yeah. the whole process started like in January of 2022, so this has been quite the slog, you know. 
Yep. I'm glad they finally got it to go through. Yep. So that's like a year and a half in the making. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Almost two years. Very, it's been a very Crazy. long process because the FCC, FTC, pretty much any government agency said, whoa, hang on a minute. This is a big merger, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there have been a lot of things, though, that have come out. In fact, recently some emails leaked or came out about Xbox's roadmap. And, you know, now we know what Xbox plans to do over the next 10 years. So that's, that's fun, too. I'm I'm excited about this as a gamer just because, well, being able to get all of my favorite games on Steam is great, or from Battle.net, which is Blizzard's launcher, but being able to get them from the Microsoft Store or the Xbox app is going to be even better. Kind of excited about that. And more achievements. Always more achievements. Being able to get achievements in StarCraft? Oh, yeah. I'm down for that. <laughs> And maybe even be able to get achievements on other platforms, too. That's exciting as well. So if you sign in with a Microsoft account, yeah, I'm I'm totally down. I've been an Xbox player since 2006. So this has, well, actually since 2002. So really excited about this, if, if you can. I want to play with it. I want to see, like, I mean, I know blind people who play it. I've never done it before, so I want to experience that. You know, a lot of people, and you can watch blind streamers play Mortal Kombat and mm-hmm. Soul Calibur. And I've never Killer done it. Instinct. I want to I play. I want to experience it. Mm-hmm. I've never done it. Yeah. We'll have to fix that. See how good I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it's a lot of those games, it's memorization, pressing the right buttons at the right time. Less so about being able to see skill. and judge distance. Yeah, it's it's the skill is pressing the buttons and memorizing the combinations. Okay. That shouldn't be hard. The the way I get out of being destroyed by blind players is by getting out of reach. <laughs> Cuz I know if I get close I'm like I'm I'm not going to win. <laughs> Cuz I cannot remember all of that stuff cuz Seven different button presses of, you know, five or six different buttons on a controller is just but not is, something. this is kind of akin to how we navigate our computers, too. Yes. It's yes. kind of the same idea. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this merger. It's going to be great. So I want to go on to what we are here to talk about today because I've been wanting to bring up this topic for a long time on this podcast, and that's called platform shaming. I think other people have used the term. It's one that I've really used a lot to describe this. And we really talk about it in terms of iOS and Android, but the more I got to thinking about it, talking about a discussion that we had before the podcast We were talking about it being mainly done with, you know, the bubbles in iMessage compared to regular text. But platform shaming has been around since really... It's everything. It's it's the Mac, it's Windows, Mm -hmm. it's all of it, the whole thing. You know, PC, Mac, you know, Uh which one do you pick? Because it was very much frowned upon in the 90s and early 2000s to have a Mac. Yes, it was. I remember those times. You were platform shamed. They called it Mac and Trash. Really? Yeah. 
I, I knew Mar a lot of guys who called it mm -hmm. Mac and trash. Marty, did you ever experience that? Like when, when you were starting with a Mac, like people kind of ridicule, ridicule you for using a Mac? Didn't really start until later. I mean, in the early days, you know, people didn't look at it that way. And it was obviously harder to have a computer in your home during those years. It still wasn't where every single house, every single person had their own machine. You know, maybe you had one for the whole family, you know, in those years. But as people had the accessibility to be able to have a machine in their house, as the technology of computers, home computers came down in price and made it more affordable for people, you know, that's when you started noticing the bad trends picking up and, oh, you don't have this, so you're not cool, or you have that, and that's really a piece of crap and whatever. You know what I mean? That's kind of when it started, really. You know, and also... You know what's really ironic? I'm sorry, go ahead. And there wasn't any smartphones, really, or tablets yet at that time, you know? So in the 90s, like when those iMacs first started coming back around with those new redesigns with the colors and, you know, all of that stuff, there was really only Windows in the years previous to that, because when Jobs was gone from, from Apple, Apple went to a really dark place and didn't have anything really that people were interested in in the market at that time until uh, Steve Jobs came back. And when he came back and they released those first you know, IMAX with the colors and all of that, that's kind of the, was the beginning of Apple being revised and making its way back to you know, the more consumer market. The ironic thing for me is when I was a kid, when I was like eight or nine, I learned to type on an Apple. This is going to date me, guys, but whatever. Our school had like old Apple IIEs and 2GSs. They were like, you know, it, it was back that far. And I, I learned to type on those guys. And that was a thing. And then it became Windows. Everything just shifted to Windows. But I enjoyed that experience. I, I really liked, you know, what what they had going, as far as the older Apple stuff goes. And Angie, since you know you were using computers, you know Mac computers around that time, back in those days, it was more of a cult kind of a thing. Yes. For example, the only place that you can find flying toasters was on those Macs, you know? They had <laughs> yeah. these special screensavers that were really, really cool, and they put a little extra oomph into a screensaver more than what Windows did. And the big thing was those iconic flying toasters. That was the that thing for awesome. a few years, you know? See, that's a visual thing I had no idea about. This is super cool. I love this stuff. So yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit of a, you know, two E's, two GS's. You know, the big, the big uh, back when discs really were floppies. You know, that was a thing. Um, yep, they had those three five inch, three point right. five inch drives, and the screens were kind of interesting and, at that time. They were like this weird black with kind of like a bluish sort of color. Some of them were mm -hmm. green, some of them were blue. Yeah. But and then that really fun, that fun when they those first Macintoshes, that fun whirring noise, that noise when they'd start up. Yeah, those were fun. They were, and, and the originals were the five and a quarter that were really soft. Really soft. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, I used to use those. Yeah, that's how you know, I did all, all my really, schoolwork. 
the only other real big consumer computer that was out during that time was those Commodore 64s, which was yes. a huge popular mm-hmm. thing also. And mm-hmm. so that was the big thing was either you had a Commodore 64 or you had one of those apples. And mm-hmm. they were both pretty new on the home you know, computer brunt for having a consumer computer at home. But, you know, even today, I had a person tell me this week that, you know, I said I, was, I could not open in a certain kind of a file. And they said, oh, you really need to be using a real computer. Oh, <gasps> that's rough. Wait, Who said what do that? You mean a real well, this doesn't really matter, but. Well. No, we, won't go, we won't go into names here, but yeah, I, I was told that, you know, during a, during a meeting. Oh, my God. Like, this is a and, professional situation? Wow. Yeah. And I've actually, you know, I've actually seen other blind people, you know, do that too. It's like. You use Mickey Mouse computers. If you guys didn't use Mickey Mouse computers, you wouldn't, you'd be able to get (laughs) stuff done. Have you ever used a Mac? You know, it's both, both platforms exist in my life just fine. I don't know why people can't just get on board and, and, and let it ride. You know, it's, it's technology. It all helps us. They all have their, their bugs and their issues, Mm -hmm. but they all have their amazing points too. Yes. And and nobody seems to want to realize that or very few people, people want to. You're going to say something, Marty? No. Oh, I thought I heard somebody say something. Okay. Yeah, and and so for for me, it, it it's why I wanted to bring this up because I feel like as humans, we like to think that my thing is better than their other thing. We yep. somebody told we me like to one up each other. Yes. Well, not just that. It, people have what I like to call the, the like me thing. disease. The, Ooh, the yes. like me disease. If you're not like me, then you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And 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 that co- goes to our what we use. You know, I use an Android phone, so if you're not using Android, your your device is inferior to what I use. You know, right. that that's kind of how people think. Is evil. Mm-hmm. Well, not mm-hmm. even the walled garden because the walled garden's a little different. But the well, I guess if you say, yeah, okay, yeah, I see what you mean, because like Apple's walled garden is evil, you know, like mm-hmm. the way that people look at that, you know. Android's uh, wide open, it's, it's configurable, mm-hmm. it's this, it's that, the walled garden mm-hmm. is evil. Well, it, it keeps keeps things safe, you know. To an extent, but yes. To an extent, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. To the extent that anything can be these days. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, because because at the end of the day, people are going to do what they want to do, and people are going to break down those walls any way they can. So mm-hmm. they'll be people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, That's why sure. we're at seventeen dot o dot three now. <laughs> <laughs> Security fixes, mm-hmm. hole patching. So it it kind of comes down to how how do we how do we resolve this? How do we you know? How do we change our views so that we can say that that what somebody else has because and and we kind of do it too, if you think about it, because in the blind community, we have a device called the Blind Show Classic Two, and everybody goes, "Oh, <laughs> and, yeah, I'm one of those people <laughs> and but if you think about it for the for the type of person that needs it, the Blind Show Classic 2 is a great device, right? For the, for the people that need it, it's a great device. It does what they need, and that's yeah. all yeah. they need, you know? And I think for, it, it's kind of like what we say on this podcast is, 
you need to make the best choice for your situation. But it, that's the great thing about tech. It's so versatile. Like, it, you know, people like buttons. That, that'd be a great thing for people who prefer buttons, just touch screens. Right. In this day and age, with all of this technology we have now, honestly, it's all pretty much the same. It really depends on what your preferences and what your needs are. Any smartphone is going to have a web browser. You know, any smartphone is going to have an email client. You can listen to music, watch videos you know, take notes, do all of that stuff on any device. It just is, what do you prefer to use? What is going to suit you better in whatever situation you're trying to do, whatever that is. And you need to look at the different devices and figure out what has the thing that is going to suit you the best. It should be a personal choice, not because everyone says you're not cool if you don't have a, B, or C, whatever it is. You know what I mean? You have to look at what your needs are as an individual and make the best choice for yourself on what your personal needs are. And honestly, like in the end, with with how powerful everything is these days, you know, they all pretty much do the same thing. You know, it just really comes down to kind of what hardware do you prefer? That that's really and what what needs do you do you have that maybe one device has over another device that maybe doesn't have a certain thing or things. Mm-hmm. And you know, speaking uh-huh. of the blind show classic, and you know, Angie kind of brought this up whenever she said, you know, people prefer, you know, people who prefer buttons are gonna like the blind show. Did you know that the blind life did a video on this and I can't remember what the device is called? But there is like a small handheld module that you could get for your iPhone that basically allows you to use physical buttons. The Hable one. No, 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 no. That's a keyboard. That's a keyboard. No, it's called a sense player. And the sense player allows you to be able to sync it to your iPad and then... Once no, that, that's not what I'm talking about. The, the, sense, the sense, the sense player does like several million things, <laughs> but I'm talking about a specific. It's literally just a small Bluetooth module. Like mm. it's it's not its specific purpose is to be physical buttons for the iPhone. Isn't that the cable? No, I think that's a different cable. ones. Yeah, the cable is a Braille keyboard. But this, I, I think what she's talking about, I think I've heard of this. It's I literally, like- it has like the typical up, down, left, right, the T9 dialer, a back button, the go, oh my goodness. send, return that button. Like a sense player. No, a sense no, player is a full Android device. No, it's not a sense player. Device. A sense player is a standalone full device. This is yeah. specifically just a Bluetooth module for smartphones. Now the, it's not, the sense- it's meant to be paired with just a smartphone. So it's it not meant to be bar. A, it's Candy not meant to, yeah, it's not meant to be a standalone device. It has to be paired to something. That's interesting. Now, now the the sense I player can cool. do the sense player can do those things, but I think there is an individual device. There is. That's not what I'm talking about. I didn't even know the sense player existed until this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and, they can connect to your devices. Yep. And do that too. I would. That's why we, a lot of people actually buy the Sense Player because mm-hmm. you can stick it to your iPad and use the tactile buttons to actually control your iPad. 
and people who are new to vision loss or have lost their vision recently, and they have to learn how to use an iPhone or an iPad or any device for that matter. Mm-hmm. The biggest the thing perk. is they don't really understand the gestures and the swiping and mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And a lot of people say, how do you work a slab of glass? You know, is there something more tactile about it? So one of the cool things about that sense player is that you can, even though it does a million other things, it does have a way to sync it to your iPad or your any iOS device and use the tactile buttons to control your iPad or your iPhone. But there's so no, a lot the of people part, buy it just for that. The best part about the device that I'm talking about, though, is it's more entry level mm-hmm. because the Sense Player is like three hundred dollars. No, Whereas eight. This, it's eight hundred. Eight hundred dollars. Okay, well, that's even more. Yeah, that, make, that proves my point even more, yes, honestly. Because this say, device, yeah. this device that I'm talking about, is like forty bucks, over eight hundred. Like, if you if you wanted something that was like entry level, mm-hmm. and was more easily accessible, because not everybody's going to have eight hundred dollars in the bank, especially if they just lost their sight. You know. <laughs> Well, and and like you said, I don't I don't think you would want to pay eight hundred dollars, no, or or even six hundred six ninety nine or whatever the non OCR version. I wouldn't want to pay three hundred. <laughs> well, the for what for it something does, that just syncs to my for something that just for something that I'm just going to use to sync to right. my iPhone and make That's physical what I was buttons. Getting to. That's what I was getting. Yeah, to. is if you have the Sense Player has its purpose as an e reader. As a device to run Android apps, as an as a device to do all these different things, but I mean, you would even the Orbit Writer, or you know the Hable or this other device, which will be in the show notes, will be. I I'm think looking better, it up now. Okay, I think those will be better options than paying for like a Sense Player. I I think I would not want to pay that mo- kind of money just to control my cuz you're you're already paying, you know, $1500 for an iPhone for certain iPhones or $2000 for certain iPads and then or you know as or as low as like $500 for an iPad mini but then you're paying another 6 to $800 for a sense player. I I don't know how much sense <laughs> how much sense that makes. <laughs> so again, but I mean of course if you want a a alternative player for books and things, it has that added bonus of of being that book player and controlling your device and these other things. So there there's bonuses and and weaknesses for everything. I don't think the Victor Reader Stream third gen can control your devices. I don't think so either. I mean, I I could go and ask Taylor because she has one and find out, but that would have to be for a follow up. <laughs> but you know, back to our discussion, you know, it just depends on what your what your needs are. Like, you know, Android can do and, and kind of going back to the you know, messages and things. You know, app I I really kind of fault some of these companies for their marketing because they kind of say you need this, you know. Apple really has just said iMessage can do these things. Done. They haven't really said you need iMessage and that's why you need to buy an iPhone. They may kind of subliminally be marketing that. But I do kind of say that Google is 
making the situation worse by saying, blame Apple for the blue bubbles and and having their, what's that, what's their protocol called? The For texting that's similar to iMessage, does anybody remember? I forget what the actual the name of the technology is called. I am just drawing a blank, and it's it's basically their equivalent to iMessage, which is worse because it relies on the carrier to work. I think it's, I want to say RTS, but that sounds wrong. So I don't remember. So I think that we have, you know, we have some of these companies to blame because of how they market. It's like, you know, let Apple know that you're missing out. And that's kind of not helping the the case of people in schools, you know, because people are going to buy iPhones, you know, and, and. Well, here's a question for Angie, since she is an Android user, when you have an Android device, does it have the same type of security stuff that, you know, iMessage or message or whatever they're calling it on Apple devices. Now, when you're using an Android device, do you get that same kind of encrypted security that, the messages or iMessage gives you right out of the gate kind of a thing? And can you be seamless across all of your Android devices the same way Apple is? Or how does that work? And I guess my last question to that would be also, are, can you just use Wi-Fi and not have to use cellular data to be able to send back and forth messages to anybody on Android device like you would on an like anybody on an Apple device? Like we are a developer, what do you think of the of the RCS? Uh, That's security? what I was looking for. That's what I, RCS. So, and yeah. So going off, Marty. Said, I, I've heard. I've heard yes and no. I, I don't mm-hmm. really know. I can't. I mean, I think it tries to be. I think it thinks it is. It wants to be, but I don't know. I'm. I'm, so, I'm still led to believe that iMessage is more secure. <laughs> but so it, it is. It is tied to your number. You are right. I think you do have to use RCS. And that was what I was trying to think of earlier. I'm sorry. I was trying to look up that thing, that that device. <laughs> That's what I was trying to think of earlier. And, and RCS, yeah. RCS. And RCS is, the technology behind it is more, it is encrypted. It encrypts end to end. But it does rely on the cell phone carrier to negotiate the connection, which introduces a privacy issue because of it. Metal carriers are created equal. And they can still log the fact that you're messaging. They may not be able to get the message, but But they they are logging. They're logging the fact that you are, whereas iMessage is end to end. Well, I'm pretty sure that if you are on an Apple device talking to somebody not on an Apple device, then all of everything in terms of security goes out the window and it just becomes a regular plain text message. That's correct. Without yes. any security or any features or anything. It's just That's a straight true. up plain text. But if, you, if you're if you on an Android phone texting an Android phone, it uses this RCS feature. Provided that you're using Google Messages, I think that's the key. Too, is it? it? Google Messages does it. Samsung Messages does Samsung it. Samsung Messages does it. Yeah. To bring it back to the uh, the the physical buttons for the phone subject, it is a Hable device, but it's an earlier version of it. Oh, so it's okay. not it's not That's like the, not the Hable one. 
it is not the it, it's an earlier version of it i can't even remember what it's called it is from hable but it's not okay interesting the, yeah it's an earlier version of it i think cuz it came out like a few years ago cuz the hable one i think was one of those things that just came out but correct me if i'm wrong pretty recently yeah no it's um, really recently but yeah this device is a recently, more yeah entry level device this this device like literally fits in your hand it's like super small but yeah it is a hable device it's just an earlier model of it speaking of android uh, all right so yeah back to rcs it's a great i mean it's a good platform if you're talking to android phones but it will not go b- between the devices and i think google really wants apple to conform and 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 do this unified mm-hmm. um but apple know, will not platform. but they will not do it, do it because, no because nope. because of the non-end-to-endness mm-hmm. of rcs and you know that's caused so then you've got apps like beeper out there that will you have to sign in with your apple id i don't like that i don't like giving my apple id to uh third-party apps right <clears throat> I, I signed up for the beta of beeper a long time ago because I heard it was going to be really neat. And I think like last month I got into uh, the waiting list, you know, let me in. <sighs> and I deleted the email because I had no clue what oh, Beeper no. was anymore. <laughs> I like it. It, it. It's cool because you can use it on your Android devices. You can use it on Windows. Wow. Yeah, I it's totally pretty, forgotten you what should, Beeper you should, was. We should play with it. I, yeah. I don't have it yet, but I've, I've heard it's it's pretty good. Accessibility is a bit rough. There's some unlabeled buttons, you know, but once you figure out what they are, the developer seems amenable to to fixing mm-hmm. it. So that's a good thing. Fantastic. But I think, you know, what, what people need to realize is, is that it's all down to personal preference. I like to, you know, I like to wear blue. Well, my favorite color is blue. I wear polo shirts that are single color. I wear like slacks. That's my preference, right? I like an iPhone. That is my preference. I use Macs. Uh-huh. That is my preference. I I like, you know, the music I like. That's my preference. And buying an iPhone or an Android phone should be a personal preference. Not because it works differently. Like, okay, I can I can write shortcuts that can do so many things on an iPhone. And you could do the same things on an Android phone. I just sit there. They're looking. harder to make, though. They're they're a lot harder to, right. more complicated, I think, to put together. Yeah, but, I mean, like. But some people love that complication. They love sure. it. They mm-hmm. they thrive off of it. And and I that's just not me. There are people that use Linux command line as as yes, their primary as their primary use of a computer. We know a and we have an individual that's in the eye accessibility community and if you're listening you know who you are and I have u- ultimate respect for you sir who edits audio with a text based audio editor. Oh my god. That's insane. That is amazing. That is <laughs> that is dedication sir. That is inc- my hat's yeah. off to you. That is that's that's yeah. wow. I mean, it's incredible. That is incredible. And, you know, I, I instead of saying, well, you should use Logic Pro because obviously that's the best program to use. Nope. If, if I would, if, you, if I were. If you can do that, mm-hmm. you, you don't, you, you're, you're good where you are. Just, just right. go on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? 
It's like my <laughs> my hat's off to you if I wore a hat. I just I, I my 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 little brain goes mm, yeah yeah okay good for you guy good for you. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't do it. It would drive me. Crazy. Yes, it would. Yes, but that's what he likes. Mm-hmm. There are people that use Vim. I'm looking to to you, oh. all you Vim developers. Oh, or VI. I I can barely quit Vim when I get into it. It's colon Q enter. Now, okay, don't get me started. But there are people that love it. There are people that love editing in that. There are people that like, you know, writing code in Notepad. More power to what? you. I, I, that's Ooh. just not me. Right. Well, I, I don't think they use Notepad as much anymore with how they've made changes. But, you know, there are people that like Windows 10 and, and instead of Windows 11. Or there's people still running Windows 7. I don't think that's advisable for security reasons. Nope. But, nope. And, but what the thing is, is that, and, and there are applications, I think it's called OpenShell, that will make Windows 11 work like the older versions of Windows, like Windows 7 and Windows XP, one of those. And that's There was this great. utility that would give you back your start menu functionality, like mm-hmm. Windows 7. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what that was called, but yeah. Yeah, and and that's great. The The ability to make something yours is more important than what people think about it. You know, yeah. I th- I think That's it's true. very it's very important for people to realize that you should not be ashamed for anything that you do and for the way you do it. Now, I think it's good to hear feedback of how to make your workflow better. For example, I I'll use our podcast network for an example with this. Michael Babcock and Demasi do pretty much everything on their computers from the command line. So they install apps from the Mac app store with a command called MAS. And that's brilliant. That's wonderful and awesome. My style is not to do that, but I think it's awesome that they can do it. They use an application called LaunchBar, which is fantastic. It has more features mm-hmm. than you could yes, ever think about. You know, Love LaunchBar. Do you? Yes. It breaks my brain. I can't. Launchbar, Launchbar, Keyboard Maestro. Yeah, those are my, those are my, I, like, when I, every time I get a new Mac, those go on mm-hmm. first. Really? Interesting. Oh, yeah. I I tried Launchbar and just even using, like just using it the same way I would Spotlight just didn't work for me. And I'm like, I've mm. got to go back. I've got, I, I can't do this. this You're used for, to Spotlight though. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yes. I mean, it's a matter of, yeah. Yeah, everything that I do on a Mac is command space, type in. That's how I start every action on the Mac. And I, I te- when I teach launch, I went not launch bar. When I, when I teach Spotlight, you know, it's more than just a search utility. You can do so much from there. Mm-hmm. Like you can run web- websites from there. You can, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Right. And so for me, when I tried launch bar, it's a different mechanic, a different dynamic. And so for mm-hmm. me, it just it just didn't work for me. But that's the whole thing. Use what works for you and and don't blame people. And I'm not saying anybody here does. I'm just saying for those out there that do platform shame, I, I don't I advise you don't blame people for what they use because they know what works best for them. Or at mm-hmm. least I would hope so. If they don't, if they don't know what works best for them, then 
a learning opportunity is always a good thing, but just saying that Android is lame or boring or this and that is not helpful. You know, I'm, and, and, and here's the thing I, I develop for iOS and Android and I build iOS apps and I build Android apps and building Android apps used to be the biggest pain in the neck <laughs> just because you'd have to write your code and design your user interfaces with XML and and it was not easy to get things looking the way you want. I've heard that from more than one developer though. You're not the first person to say that. Now Google has changed the language to what's called Kotlin, which is very similar to Swift. And nice. you could build your interfaces all in one file or similar files with your data, how you handle data. And that is very similar to what Apple does with Swift UI. And so we're at this point in even development where we can't say one, I mean, okay, I still prefer Swift UI just because it, I like the style. But I can look at an application developed for, they call it Jetpack Compose. It's how you build Android apps with, for, for modern platforms. And I can look at it and say, I know what this does because it's modern. It works great. And you know, as a talkback user, that the degree of accessibility on Android apps, and I don't know if this is by accident or design, but it's it's amazing how accessible apps are over there. And and that's pretty much the case on iOS as well. It's just it's incredible how how that's kind of become a thing. You don't see a lot of unlabeled buttons or things you can't controls you can't get to. Uh it's it's really good stuff. So again, it's it's down to what is right for you. It's not no longer the case of, well, iPhone can do all these great things and that Android phone is always going to have a keyboard and a stylus. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The the D-pad and the the what was that little nerf thing, the little track track yeah, the track little, ball. The track ball. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yeah. Little eraser looking thing. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. That thing. I remember those on Android phones. <laughs> yes. Eyes free shell and Yep. Yeah, um, uh, all those mobile accessibility, and and even before that, with with computers, you know, Windows had the lead in the '90s, and then when we got the new iMacs, like Marty said, with uh, when Steve Jobs came back, and we started seeing. Uh, does anybody? We're going to have to wrap up pretty soon, but does anybody know a quick history of macOS, like when Steve Jobs took over? Well, there was still Classic, which was OS nine versions of that operating system and those originated well not originated but those were on those original new iMacs when he came back those colored iMacs i want to say it lasted till around 99 or 2000 when they started doing versions of os 10 and you were able to get a version of os 10 and run it either on you know an external hard drive or you could partition a drive and have a part of your drive running the classic version of the operating system which would have been anything previous to 10 that would have been at that time it would have been any of those nine variants is what they were in in those years when those iMacs came out i want to say it was a few years, they had some reiterations into 2001, 2003. 
you know, when they have those variations of the OS 10. I want to say probably the biggest marketed version of that was around 2004 or five when they released Tiger, which was a major update to the 10 operating system and probably like the real first time they really, really marketed it, promoted it, and really got it out there in front of people as like, this is our new operating system, you know, and this is what we're going to move forward with. And I believe around that time, they also discontinued the classic and they started kind of sunsetting the whole anything previous to 10 versions of the operating system. Mm -hmm. And they started putting all of the versions of 10 on all of the new computers that were coming out and eventually completely phased out nine altogether. And then they moved forward Mm -hmm. from there. Now, the other thing they were doing in those years was releasing the operation, the new operating system. I cannot speak. They were releasing the new operating systems on DVD and you had to purchase it. So for a while, it was purchasing the new operating system when they released them, when they came out every year. Slowly, once the App Store came out, they started selling it in the App Store. And at some point, they made that transition to no more DVDs. You'd now just get it through the App Store and at some point it became free and they decided we're just not going to charge for our software anymore in terms of our basic tools, which is the operating system and the iWork suite and the iLife suite. And all of that would have been whatever version of OS 10. And then you got pages, numbers, and keynote, which were the equivalent to Word, PowerPoint, and Excel in the Microsoft world. They made all that stuff free. And they just started putting it on every single computer that you would buy. And it was the same thing with the iLife Suite. Now, the only thing with iLife Suite is the iLife Suite pretty much became iMovie for the most part because they discontinued iWeb, which was their website management software where you could build websites using iWeb. And then they also had iDVD, which was how you could author DVDs. After you were done editing them, you would burn to DVD. And that's how you created the digital menus and do all that stuff. When you had a DVD, you know, when you would pop in a DVD, you had all the cool like play here and there was the pictures and the graphics and all that stuff. That's kind of how you did that as a consumer is you would use iDVD when you were done editing your video in iMovie. And iWeb, and iDVD, they ended up discontinuing and not really developing that anymore. And so we just really have now the iMovie along with Pages Keynote and Numbers. Numbers. And that's kind of where we stand at this point. And well, it's all free. You could just get it, mm-hmm. you know. And I'll say with Tiger, that's when it, when a voiceover was introduced. Correct. That was, yeah, also when that was just, I believe that was 2005, I want to say. Yeah, I think 2000 happened. 2004, 2005. I think 2005, yeah. 10.4, I think, was the the version. That's what it was, 10.4, yep. But there's there's actually, that's the public-facing story. There's actually a little more of a a hidden story here. Kind of, we were joking about it earlier, but the rest of the story. The rest of the story. (laughs) When Steve Jobs, <laughs> this came, is where they go. One more thing, right? When Steve Jobs came to Apple, came back to Apple. The way they did that is they bought his company. Did y'all know Steve Jobs had a tech company? 
Um, yeah, he was building computers. He had started a tech company. I forget with who, but they ended up having Apple buy the tech company, and he just came back and mm-hmm. went back into the CEO position. Well, they, I cannot I think they were remember for computers. the life of me what the name of the tech company that he had was. It was called Next Step. That's Yep, that's it. And, and I think actually they were going to name the operating system Next for a while, and they decided against doing that. Actually, it was Next. It was Next OS, and that was what it was called through the 90s. So when we talk about Mac OS X, and we're talking about the Macintosh operating system and everything on our iPhones, we're not using anything from Mac OS 9. We're using Next OS. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's they freaking brought, awesome. They brought Next OS to Apple, and they incorporated it into the Mac. What they did, though, was they made, and, and I think Next OS was kind of an offshoot of Mac OS when it started, and I think that's how they were able to, you know, keep compatibility through the development, you know, life cycle. But when Steve came back, they made Mac OS 10 be Next OS. And it was compatible with Mac OS 9 apps for a while. And that's why you would see classic and things like that throughout the OS. And then when, you know, they, they removed support for Mac OS 9 apps after a while, and it was just Mac OS 10 apps, but throughout the operating system of Mac OS, you see NS everywhere. NS view controller, NS table view, NS, all these things. That's next step. And so that is kind of the rest of the story of how Apple was revitalized. I mean, the iPhone is all basically offshoots of those things. They called it UI kit instead of app kit and other things. And there's all the NS references were changed to UI and all those things. Now it doesn't even matter. You don't see either of those with Swift UI. But the the point here is when Apple, you know, going back to our original topic, when Apple came, was purchased by Steve Jobs, Windows was just the prime, right? Windows was just what you used. It's how you did things on your computer. And, and it's the way you are productive. And even when macOS was, you know, 10.4, 10.5, it was great, but it could not do, like if you were going to go work in a business, you would not see Mac computers. In fact, I would say even up to about 2010, Mac was just not something you'd see if you were in the corporate world. Even now, I think a lot of government agencies still buy mainly Windows. And so I think depending on what kind of career you're going to, you need to know how to use those. But, you know, when you're at home and working on your own computer, have a Mac if you want one. I mean, if you can afford one, (laughs) that's the other thing too. Have that Windows computer, have that Chromebook, have what makes you happy, not what other people think you should have. Now, because I've been talking a lot about that, I want to go and wrap this thing up. But what I would like to see is do you guys have any advice or tips for people that are kind of suffering from platform being platform shamed? Or do you recommend people have a mindset or, or want to have, say something to those that do platform shame? I just well, think that... Go ahead, go Marty. Ahead, okay. You sure? Yep. I just think that people should use use what makes you comfortable, you know, use what makes you happy. That's That's ultimately what it comes down to. You know, and, 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 and 
don't be intimidated by by your friend or wh- whoever you know wants to platform shame you. you know, it's, it's 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 a real thing, and it, it tends to make make people people feel that what they have isn't good enough, or you know that it's not it's not uh, the cool thing, and and that's not that's not cool because you know, use whatever, whatever helps you the most. Use whatever is the most beneficial. Lets you be the most productive. Yeah, I would agree with Angie. I mean, that's what you should do. Look at what all your needs are and shop around and figure out what you can afford and what the best thing that would be in your budget is going to be able to get the most things done on the list that you have. You know, I mean, that's going to be ultimately the best choice. You know, I would say that all of the devices pretty much do the same thing at this point. They all search the web. They all have email. They all can make a task manager or to-do list. They all, you know, can do notes. They can play music and do all mostly the same stuff. So with all of that being said, look at, you know, the hardware and the phone, look at your price and what you can afford and try and put together something that's going to be the best bang for the buck and be able to do the things that you need it to do. I think a lot of the platform shaming too comes from an experience. People just diss what they don't. Usually these guys have never used the platform that they're they're they're, they're tearing down, right? And if they have, it's usually dated information. So that's that's another thing to think about. That's a good point. You know, because look at look at how many people pass around misinformation about about voiceover or about the Mac or about what you can do with the Mac or and and if you really start to dig into the, what these people are saying, they're basing it on information that's that's five years old and tech moves at the speed of light. You know, that's 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 not that's yeah. So not only is it is it is it is it frankly crap it's erroneous information as well right but i have to agree with what you guys are saying as far as like the whole platform shaming thing because i've i've been there especially me being an android user and my family being dominant iphone I've been there. Oh my goodness. Like, oh, yeah. like, why, why, why don't you just do this like everyone else in this house? And I've also had people tell me, like, oh, wow, Android is so inaccessible and it's not usable for people like you. And I don't understand why you still try and blah, 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 blah. I've been there. But I feel like it's just, it's, people going off of what they've experienced and they you know they they haven't had the chance to like actually sit down with these devices and see what they do and understand how they can help different people in different situations they've just understood like oh it doesn't work for me which means it probably doesn't work for anyone else obviously that's not the way to go but yeah i'm in agreement don't don't let people talk you into you know switching or don't let people talk you into thinking that your device just isn't worth it and that it's not going to do any good. Just use what works for you. Yep. Well, I this is kind of the episode that I've been wanting to have for a while. I've been wanting us to really talk through this topic and, and get some different perspectives I, I mean, I know that we've all been platform shamed, and I'm sure in, in joking ways, we've kind of done our own platform shaming. 
because you know we we have been there where we we talk about what we like and you know so i i think it's just good for us to realize you know people people have different needs and 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 wants now if if somebody does come to me and says you know i have a a what was one of the old like a google g1 or something i'm going to say why <laughs> From 2008. Well, I got I it. I got a lot of it from when I when I started playing with Android this time. You know, a lot of my Apple people were like, "Oh, you're gonna do? I'm a geek, and I just like to experiment and play with stuff." And I had an opportunity to do it. So yeah, I, I'm you know I tried out Android and, and Windows, and they all have a place hey. in my in my life. You know, they all have things that. One one does that the others can't or, or whatever. They all they mm-hmm. all fill a niche. And right. that's the important thing that to realize. They all have you know capa- capabilities. Right. I mean, probably after the podcast in a little bit, I'll probably switch to Windows and do some gaming. That's why right. I use Windows personally, right? Now, when I can fully move everything to the Mac because I've the game porting toolkit has gotten totally so good. I can do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, if, if I could just have one computer in the bag, that would be great, you know? Yes. Uh, so it just depends on use case. So I, I think that's what really we need to come away with. And, and you know, I think it is okay to ask somebody, why is this your preference? Sure. I think that's, I think mm-hmm. that's okay, you know? Right. That's acceptable. I agree. But, you know. Because you might be able to educate someone, you know, teach mm-hmm. them something. But also, I think important. it's good. I do think it's good, though, to have a healthy conversation to say, well, you yes. know that, that you know, it, because somebody may not know that the iPhone can do shortcuts easier than an Android phone. Oh, well, it can. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, so, and so those kind of things are good, healthy discussions. And I don't think that we should say you can't have those. I'm just saying don't just say mine's better than yours. Because it really isn't. Right. Right. So especially if we're talking people who have the latest devices from each from each platform, because mm-hmm. it's it's different if you're talking to someone who has an iPhone 15 versus like an iPhone 5S. You mm-hmm. know, like obviously they're not being they're not able to use the most up-to-date software mm-hmm. and they're not able to you know do do the things that right that an iphone 15 could do like you could be like oh well do you know that your phone's almost 10 years old <laughs> right you know it's funny because like i i have an iphone 13 i think marty do you do you have something like that in another test iphone iphone 13 as a yeah. test device yeah so i think like we have those for testing and I'll tell you what, sometimes I pick up my iPhone 13, I'm like, man, I wish my I wish I had this as a main device because it's just so small and so nice in the hand and it can do almost everything that you know, day to day that the 15 Pro Max can do. It's just smaller and doesn't have all the specs, but it can still do a lot. Like if you just need a phone to be a phone, then, you know, you can keep a phone for a while and just do stuff like, you know, minimal stuff, not ray tracing and crazy graphics and and 3d video spatial videos it's just in what you need as a person and i think what we're trying to say is you should be comfortable being you 
not some what somebody else wants you to be. So again, I think we went over our time, our hour this time, but uh, as we sometimes do. And but, we're but, almost up to an hour and a half. Yeah. It's 4.17. So, so it's my fault. I'm, I'm the bad influence. And, uh, <laughs> no, we're all a bad influence. I, I get passionate about this topic. <laughs> oh, totally. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So totally true. So to go ahead and wrap it up, as we typically do, Marty, do you have a pick for this week and where can people find you online? Yeah. I talked about this just recently. We've been having a lot of conversations about RSS readers lately. So I am going to talk about NetNewsWire, which has actually been around a really long time, but it is an RSS reader. It works on iPhone, iPad, and the Mac platform. It syncs using cloud syncing among a ton of other ways as well. It works great with voiceover. It's a great app. If you're looking for getting into RSS and you haven't, it's a great place to start. It has all of the you know, baseline technologies that you would need in an RSS reader. It's fake. It's not fake. It is a great news. voiceover <laughs> and all of that, you know, so give it a try. You have nothing to lose with it being free on all the platforms. So that's pretty awesome. If you want to track me down, I'm on Mastodon. You can find me at marty at unmute.community. Fantastic. And Alicia, do you want to go next? Sure. I have been playing around a lot with Ferrite, using it for editing and things like that for my audio, because I tried Logic and wasn't really able to get the hang of it. So I feel like Logic has its place, but not really for me as a podcast editor. I feel like I'm probably going to be using Ferrite. So that is my pick for the week because it's really easy to use and easy to understand. And yeah, Ferrite, that's my pick for the week. If you want to reach out to me, you I am on Mastodon, Facebook, and LinkedIn. On Mastodon, I am blindonelives at techopolis.social. On Facebook, I am Alicia Geary, obviously. And LinkedIn, I'm Alicia Geary. And oh, I forgot to mention Discord. Discord, I'm Blunt One Lives, or you can find me by just searching for my name, Alicia Geary. You can also check out my website at blindcopywriter.com. All right. And Angie, what's your pick and where can people find you? My pick is something I've threatened to do before. And I'll just try to make this really brief. It's my concept here, Rower. It's accessible. It's good stuff. I could bang on about this thing forever, but the it's computer, it's it's called a PM5, and it runs, it connects to your phone via an app, and you can control the whole thing via the app. You can set workouts, you can just row, you can do all kinds of fun stuff. So yeah, I love this thing. I've used it for quite a while, and it's just, it's accessible fitness equipment is a big deal, and there's not a lot enough of it, in my opinion. So these guys uh, go out of their way to make their things accessible. They're very aware of accessibility and the accessibility community. They even make, they, they'll modify their rowers for total and partial amputees so that they can row also. So it's really good stuff. You can find me on Mastodon, Tech Enthusiast, dragonscave.space for now. Is it like a, basically like a accessible, like Peloton competitor, basically? They've been around forever. It's just, it's, yeah, it's a rower. It doesn't have the games. It doesn't have, it doesn't have like the, um, 
it's it's not you know based on on android or what have you that would be like a water rower type thing but this one is it just has the pm5 which is its computer you can even jumper a couple of the of rowers together via the it has like an ethernet port in the back oh, wow. so you can race people yeah you can race each other it's oh like, wow that's cool oh that's cool yeah, yeah. so it's kind of it's not really quite like a co- peloton type it's not a bike it's not a, exactly yeah. like a bike no it's a rower it's a rowing well, peloton has different they stuff do. it has a, they have a, a rower, bike a tread they have a rower they have a treadmill they have a bike and they have an elliptical these guys these guys do they have a skier it's called an erg basically which is i don't know what that stands for i should look it up but anyway they have a bike erg a ski erg and, and the row erg so yeah. they do have yeah the peloton has like a it's it's like a basically I don't know it comes with like its own subscription service or whatever and there's like a coach yep. that you work with. Cool. Yeah, this is just a, you 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 pay for the rower. You can get all kinds of rowing apps that are accessible too. I might I might do a whole series on that because a lot of them are accessible and they work pretty well and they'll interface with your your uh, performance monitor and it it just pulls your data from there and then you I can sync it with Apple a, Health. Uh, I wonder if that's a podcast idea for like accessible fitness, fitness. ideas. There totally should be because more people should. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to be that person who's like, get off your. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's... wink, wink. <laughs> we can make it happen. <laughs> that would be kind of fun. That would be kind of fun. We can make it happen. But and we'll, we, you we... can have an accessible fitness podcast. Yeah, we'll, it's a great we'll... thing for weight loss, which mm-hmm. I definitely need. It's just, it just feels good. You know, there's nothing like. A good, 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 uh, a good workout. With how much you row each day, I see your, I see your activity on the watch. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. So, I cannot lie. Michael oh, knows yeah. it all. I forgot. Apple Watch has like the 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 synced like the shared workout. Mm-hmm. You can share yes. work. Yes, you can share. That with would your motivate and... me. Well, and they have challenges. You can do challenges other too. Samsung doesn't have that. Well, I mean, Samsung has it, but it's not as seamless. It's not as as integrated. There aren't yeah people. It's it's not as it's not as social populated. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. As far as yeah. So I see, like that that would really motivate me to like yeah get off my butt. (laughs) Well, maybe this needs to be a whole topic about the different types. This of should trackers. be. Yeah, let's do it. Fitness let's tech, it. accessible fitness tech, fitness trackers. Because yeah. like I used to use Fitbit, and you can still use Fitbit, but you're mm-hmm. going to be, you know, you have the app and the app's dashboard. And that's pretty much the only way you can access it. Mm-hmm. And I did that for years, and then Apple Watch happened, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. So, and the the Pixel Watch too is is is, is pretty good mm-hmm. too. So. So we we will have a whole episode on that, but we yeah. uh, we're gonna have to wrap this one up pretty soon. But uh, great okay. topics. My pick this time is an app that Michael Babcock and Demasi got me. They kept talking about it enough, and talking about it, and talking about it, and talking about it. And I said I just need to try it out, and I'm on a trial. The app is ca- it's called Devon Think D E V O N Think. Have you heard of this, Angie? I've heard of it, but I'm not I'm not familiar with it. So Devon Think is it's an app where it works on your Mac. You can store it's kind of like if you've heard of Notion. It's a much more accessible Notion for one person. 
You can store your database in iCloud and you can add text documents, HTML rich text. You could add all kinds of other data. You can pull things in from the internet, like clip things to it. It's completely accessible. You could store it in Dropbox where people that use the app can also log in and get in your database and you can all collaborate. And it's basically, Ooh, I want this. it's 99 a year. And what's neat about it is they also have Devon Think to Go, which is an iOS app, and it will sync to your to your database in iCloud. Now, the next the next thing that's neat with it is you can add RSS feeds to Devon Think, so it will pull in your RSS feeds kind of like email, and you could read the articles. It'll give you a description, then you can go and view the full article. And then you can go delete it like you've read the article. And then when more come in, you just read read your RSS feeds. And it works like that on the mobile app. That is cool. And in the desktop. And they, like I said, they have a trial. They have three plans. They're $99 a year plan, $199 a year for Pro, and $499 for the server. Which, yes, I am considering. <laughs> Because if I could put a server up in my house, a Mac server with DevonThink and everybody can just log in and access it, that would be amazing. Because it's like Notion, but accessible. Oh my gosh. So I'm, I'm really excited about this application. I've been playing with it for quite a bit. I need to do some more playing around with it. But I think like we can even add a database to a web server or to Dropbox. And then other people can can download it. So Angie, if you want to play with that, we can. But you could just put any information you want in it. Yes, no definitely. taking anything. So I'm really excited about this program. The one thing that it does not do is there's two platforms it doesn't support, and that's Windows and Android. <laughs> Android and Windows. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're using okay. the web server, then Windows you and can... technically Android yes. will do it. Yeah, you could totally get around it. Yeah. That's cool. So really excited about this. I'm I'm wanting to play around with it a lot. So that's my my pick. I'm I've been I I've spent many hours. Oh, it sounds hour, amazing. I've spent many an hour in Devon Think this week. <laughs> <laughs> because you could change your sorting order of RSS feeds. You oh could my change, goodness. You could put them in folders. Oh, I, I could go on and on and on about it. That's awesome. No, I'm a stickler for organization. Like my phone is in my folders. I'm, I'm totally, mm -hmm. so I'm all about that. That That's any, any yes. anything that declutters my life. Mm -hmm. I'm all about it. That is awesome. Yes. Yep. I mean, this can almost be like your second brain. Like Alicia says, no yeah. second brain. This is kind of an accessible second brain. That's nice. Yeah, Notion like is it. definitely my second brain. I've put everything into Notion. Yep. So where you could find me online, I'm Mike Doeys at techopolis.social on Mastodon, which can be synced to DevonThink, by the way. You can add DevonThink, I mean, uh, Mastodon feeds <laughs> to DevonThink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's really cool. So <laughs> that's where I am on Mastodon. I'm Mike Doeys on Twitter or X and Michael Doeys on Facebook. I'm Michael Doeys on pretty much all platforms, LinkedIn. Just search for me and you can email me at MikeDoeys at iCloud.com. You can email the podcast at feedback at iacast.net. You can follow the show. We do have some Mastodon accounts. Just look for iacast. Believe it or not, I think most servers will find it now. And we have 
before we go, I want to mention the iAccessibility app. We've got a huge update. We have a new radio station. And, well, it's it's the same content, new location on the radio. And so that's been updated. The app has a new look for iOS. There will be a new update for Android eventually. I'm working on that. And I'm really liking the new app. There are new articles. Well, there's a currently a new article in the iAccessibility report. So go check that out. Really excited about that. And by the way, those will be coming weekly now. Probably since I posted it this Saturday, I'll probably keep it up posting on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. Loving the creation of those so far. I think that's my first article that I've wrote for this Mm -hmm. uh, for iAccessibility. So I'll keep them coming. And we're always looking for for authors. If you want to have your content in the report talking about accessibility and different products, we are always up for content. I think I might rework my BSI article and post it. Fantastic. Fantastic. So I'm I'm excited about that. The more the more content we can have, the the more the app can shine and we might even have push notifications on the iOS app from time to time when we're, there's new content. So be on the lookout for that because people loved that in the past. So I'd love to get back to that. So great news, great things going, unmutes going really well. We had, uh, there were some great topics. If you have not heard the unmute with Jeff and I mean, the technically working with Jeff and Sean check that out. That was a great podcast. We had, Marty, you want to talk about the Lady A episode from the last week on the Thursday? Yeah, it was just a quick update on some of the new products that came out as well as some of the things you can do to connect your devices and how to enhance your A Lady device. Fantastic. And we, of course, the community call and there are a few other topics. So check that out. And this has been a great episode, a very long episode as as can happen. So thank you all for being here. Thank you all for listening on YouTube and the radio. Subscribe on YouTube, comment, like, all the things that you should do if you're a good YouTube viewer. And let us know your thoughts. And we look forward to seeing you on episode 200 next week. I'm really excited that this will be episode 200. So check us out there and we will be back next week for some new content. Not sure that it will be a a dedicated topic as we typically do. We might just be talking about IACast the past 200 episodes or the past, I guess, 199. Uh, So it's going to be great. It'll be fantastic. So thank you everybody for being here. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for tuning in to the IA cast. We hope you enjoyed the show and found the conversation to be insightful and informative. If you have any feedback or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at feedback at IACast.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at IACast Network to stay informed about new episodes and other updates. Don't forget to check out more great podcasts on the IACast Network, IACast.net. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.